I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, contributor to Mavs.com. He is faking it till he's making it. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Man, I actually don't have anything for you. Nothing? I I have nothing. I don't even know how to... There's like, there's no Mavericks game yesterday. Um, I got something. Really, no NBA new like news thing. I'm, we're not going to talk about LeBron and all that stuff. And so, I don't know. What do you got? Yeah, we're, what by, do you got for me? By the way, we're we're not really getting into the LeBron China conversation. Uh, no one's asked us on Twitter, which I kind of find is, is surprising. But I just don't think we would add anything to the conversation. Uh, there's enough people that have actually been there that have real takes that would talk about this. And uh, you know, the Mavericks aren't involved in it. And we just don't think we would add anything really to it. So we're kind of staying out of it. I uh, definitely got takes about it, but uh, not, uh, <laughs> not going to put it on the pot. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, so I went to Disney the other day and walking through Disney and <laughs> there's uh, these bubble wands that these that the, the kids have now. They're on, they're, they sell them on every stand. Every, Sounds creepy. You know, but you have these um, plastic bubble wands with like a character on the top of it. And you pull a trigger and it shoots out all these little tiny bubbles, just like thousands of little tiny bubbles. And there's so many kids that there's just bubbles everywhere at certain times of the day in Magic Kingdom. We're walking and we're walking behind this family and this mom of maybe five or six middle school to high school age kids. And she had just had enough. It was just the end of her day, end of her rope. And... The bubble wands were going off in front of her, and she was getting so pissed at these bubble wands. I all these dang bubble wands. Blah, blah, blah. She's swatting them in her face and getting all upset. Have you ever had an instance where you've gotten irrationally mad at something? Because that lady was irrationally mad at the bubble wands. And it oh, made my absolutely goodness. absolutely no sense. I mean, does, like, driving? Oh, that counts. Like, count? I mean, because there are some rough drivers out there that... I question how you pass driving tests. You know, okay, you know what my pet peeves of driving? When this happens to me and no one ever talks about it, like people always talk about things that make you mad of like, oh, don't use an turn signal or yeah, yeah. like all this different stuff. One of, oh, one of the things that frustrate me so much is when you're on like a, um, a two lane, maybe three lane road, you're in the middle lane, all right? And you're rolling along and somebody is like pulling out of like, let's say like a doctor's office or something. They're pulling out and they're sitting there waiting and they decide to pull out into the right lane. So not even your lane, but they pull out into the right lane right when you're about to go past them. So it looks like their car is going to sometimes people who just can't drive in general either swerve into the other lane a little bit with their yeah. like front bumper. But even if they don't, it just gives you an impression that it do. So you almost have to break or swerve over a little bit. I don't like you. If that's what you do, I don't <laughs> like you. Don't do that. Not feeling just, it. just wait for the middle lane car to go on. I don't care if you have somebody behind you and they're, and you think that they're thinking about you saying, Hey, this lane's free. Just turn out. No, don't do it. Don't piss off the people in the middle lane. All right. So, <laughs> 
There you go. That's what Isaac gets irrationally mad at. And uh, the lady at Disney got irrationally yes. mad at all the bubble wands. She just couldn't stand it anymore, and the bubble wands are just too much. What's more harmless than a bubble? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Nothing. All right. On the podcast today, we're getting into our over-unders for the Western Conference. Uh, we're taking the Westgate Superbook over-unders from um, – this is from October 15th. So I don't think they updated them on the 16th, which is when we're recording this. But this is when we're taking them, and we're going to do that. We're also going to do the same thing for the Eastern Conference on a different podcast. So today we're going to focus just on the West. The podcast today is also sponsored by Indochino, which is the world's largest made-to-measure. So they're making these to fit you. I have a weird-shaped body, and I need stuff that is made just for me because every shirt I ever get, the sleeves are too long. Uh, either the sleeves are too long or then the body is just too big and it looks super baggy on me. There's it's never there's never a middle ground. But Indochino can help start your style upgrade now with $30 off your purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com. Enter the code locked on. Indochino.com, promo code locked on. Also, we have our five-star iTunes review questions. This one is from Geotronic. They really appreciate the effort we put in the podcast every day. I want to hear from each of you. A personal experience you've had with Dirk. Not a public moment. doesn't have to be glorious, but let's hear them. Thanks. Woof, man. That is... Uh, oh, man. It's taking us back now. Um, I had a, We had a good moment. I think you were with me. It was in the locker room after a game, and him and... He was just... Not harassing, but he was just making fun of Harrison Barnes after a game one time. And I just can't even remember what he was saying now. I have it written down somewhere. But he was making fun of Harrison Barnes, and we were all just laughing. And it was just one. It was a moment where you always hear that Dirk is funny and that Dirk is a fun teammate and that Dirk was a good teammate. But to see it in person and to kind of be part of it, like it was like we had a little inside joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that that was really just special, uh, and I really appreciated just being part of that. And I do not take for granted that I was part of a moment like that. Also, I was there for his. his uh, 30k night and that was just amazing that was an incredible night um all right well i'm gonna give you two quick ones one was didn't involve me personally but when i think about it's just a a small glimpse of just his dedication and all the stuff that he says yes to over the years there was a game that went into overtime last year during the regular season um it was just it was a it was a week night and I remember, like, some of these games get our overtime. Then media's right after Carl and stuff. I mean, media's leaving the arena at, like, midnight. 11. Yeah. Something, yeah, 11, 11.30, midnight. Like, <clears throat> it's long nights. And I remember I stuck around. I, oh, I stayed around to talk to a player after they got out of the shower and they just people take forever. And so I, I waited, talked to that person, and I went to talk to one of the PR people. And it was legit 11.30. And I'm like, dang, this is going to be a long night. And I talked to a PR person and I see Dirk over still in the facility talking to a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of people, like five or six people, whatever. And I'm like, what is Dirk still doing here? Like the game has been over for like an hour and a half, whatever. And it's 1130. And like, oh, he's talking to German media. Like he, when they yeah. come in, he makes time for him and all that stuff. And it just blew me away. Small example of that, that overtime game like he's just 1130 there didn't have to do that uh but la- real quick personal story it, i go back to my very first day 
on uh, when covering the Mavericks. When I've got my very first practice, very first credential to cover a practice, I was there. I, mean, I was like, I was like a little kid. It was <laughs> it was at American Airlines Center. The um, old practice court, new facility wasn't even open yet. All that stuff. I show up. I'm looking around. I'm like right next to these NBA players that I've seen on TV and stuff. I'm like, this is crazy, but I'm like trying to act cool and everything. You were and I was there. <laughs> you are. And Rick Carlisle was like talking to us, uh, reporters stuff. So I was like in the huddle. I'm like, obviously I'm not going to talk to Rick first day. And I'm sitting there in the huddle and Some I have my back. never changed. <laughs> no comment. And <laughs> I'm sitting there in the huddle and I have my backpack on. And all of a sudden somebody yanks on my backpack and I go stumbling back. And I'm like, I don't know anybody here. All right. Yeah. Like, I've just exchanged emails with some PR people, but like I've talked to a few, like I don't know anybody for somebody to mess with me like that. And I like stumble back, like not like all the way to the ground, but like a couple steps back. And I like look around and I look over and Dirk is walking up the first few steps of the practice <laughs> facility. And he's looking at me and goes, hi, he's just like laughing at me. And he did that. Like as he, he just walked past, pulled my backpack down and like, and just went up the stairs and I just, it was just one of those moments that's like frozen in memory for me of this is just who Dirk is. Like, yeah, it was, a, it was an example of my first day. He obviously didn't know who I was, just kid to him. And it just blew me away. And that's just, I mean, it's just a small, small example of just the cool dude that he is. Dirk is an uh, amazing person. I have another story about after a, a game one time, it was, it was again, like an hour and a half after a game and he was out in the tunnel and there was. Two fans from China or Japan, probably China. There, there's a lot of people that came in from China that year. Um, and <laughs> Turk starts walking out, and I'm I'm waiting. I tweeted this at some point, and this fan is just in shock, just absolutely in shock and awe. Like Macaulay Culkin, hands on the side of the face, mouth wide open, just can't even believe that Dirk is standing right in front of him. And Dirk just handled it so well. And was trying to talk to the guy, and the guy just couldn't get any words out. And it was just it—it it reminded me of just how people see Dirk and uh, the fact that he just handled it so well and wasn't weird about it. And uh, it was just amazing just to see how Dirk re- reacted and responded to fans. He's just—he's the greatest, <laughs> and no one will ever touch him. So we appreciate Dirk. Okay, before we get to our over/unders, a couple of newsy things uh, for the Mavericks game tonight. Um, Brunson is listed as questionable. Curry is listed as, listed as questionable. Dorian Finney-Smith is listed as questionable as of right now. Uh, and Dwight Powell is out, obviously. That's all via Brad Townsend. So I will add, I will add this. They've already cut everybody. Yeah, so. I, that's the other thing I was going to say is the Mavs have waived Dakota Mathias and Eric Holman. Uh, we said that yesterday, but if you didn't listen yesterday, then, uh, yeah, this, the roster is set. So well, I say that because – if these guys, if all three of those guys set out, there's only so many active players, and for a preseason game, people are going to be getting some minutes in this case. So normally, you might see it in the fourth quarter of preseason games, you might see the Holman, Matthias, those type of guys. But this, this yeah. is also the last preseason game, so this could be a dress rehearsal type situation for the Mavericks. So uh, you might think that oh, with all those guys out, it could be the Josh Reeves and Tony is Cleveland show, but it could also be a chance to see Luca get you know 30 minutes. Yeah, and just a small reminder: in Vancouver, a couple of people oh, yeah. have reached out on Twitter saying that they uh, shouts to our are, Vancouver listeners. Yes, from Vancouver and all that. So reminder: if you're there, tweet at us. You're locked up as reporter. We uh, ordain you. Yes, yes. Tweet 
at Locked On Mavs, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris. If you're in Vancouver and at the game, we would really appreciate any pictures or video or anything you could send to us. That would just be awesome to be the Locked On Mavs reporter. All right, coming up, let's get into our Western Conference over-unders. There's some doozies in here. Uh, no one is over 54 and a half wins and no one is under 27 and a half. So they keep it right in the middle there. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot that we disagree on. So coming up, Western Conference over-unders. All right, Isaac, let's uh, let's just start at the top. So the number one team in the Western Conference, according to Westgate Superbook, is the Houston Rockets. I did not see this coming. But maybe mm. because of the Paul George injury, they have the Clippers pretty low. I was surprised by how low they had the Clippers. But the Rockets, let's start with them. They won 53 games last year, uh, and Westgate has them at 54 and a half wins. And I'm taking the under. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking the under. I just think that this, hard- after doing the video on Harden and Westbrook, I think it'll take some time to figure it out. And I- the defense is just going to be so bad. I mean, they're starting Westbrook, Harden, and Eric Gordon. I mean, they're going to play some teams that have real guards, and they're just not going to be able to, to stop them. Uh, Harden and Westbrook were top five in the NBA in deflections last year, which you'd think, oh, cool, like deflections, they get a lot, They you know, they... They swipe at the ball a lot, but they also take a ton of risks. And I just think that Clint Capella is going to have his work cut out for him. They're not going to stop people on the wing for sure. They have P.J. Tucker and Clint Capella. That's like their only defense. And they also just lost Gerald Green. The the fact that people were freaking out about Gerald Green going down is not good for their depth. Uh, and so if either... Hey, ben McElmore. Yeah, Ben McElmore is going to get minutes for them. If either of Westbrook or Harden go down, then they're for sure going under 54 and a half. So I'm taking that under. I don't think they're as bad as like the Warriors as far as if one of them goes down. Because even if like Westbrook goes down, they still have Harden, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, Capella. Sure, but that's I, a, I just that's don't see them as a 55 four. win team. That, that's what you'd have to do if you're taking the over. <clears throat> yeah, I'm taking the over. Um, I think they're one of the um, two best rec. I think they're the second best record in, in the West this year. Uh, I think it'll work quicker than um, I guess you and some people believe but yeah I, I think they're going to be a, a really good regular season team this year I don't know exactly what that's going to look like in the playoffs but I I picked the over but a bar- barely over like 56 57 win it'll work in the sense that they're going to stagger their minutes so much I mean you can go watch my video on free Dawkins in the first two games that they played together they they sub for each other five times in those first two games like they really stagger their minutes it's just the fourth quarter and then, you know, however they figure out. When Westbrook has the ball and Harden's off the ball, it works pretty well. When Harden has the ball and Westbrook is off of it, it gets really dicey. And they're just going to have to figure some things out. So clutch games are going to be fascinating for this team. Okay, so I took the under, you took the over. That's our first difference, our first team. The Utah Jazz, last year they won 53 ga- or 50 games. This year, via Westgate, their over-under is 53.5 wins. I took the over. This is a team that I've just been on. I think that that they have uh, some depth. I think that that starting lineup is just solid, um, depending on, I guess, Joe Ingles is now coming off the bench for them. Uh, but that closing lineup with Ingles and Bojan, I just feel is awesome. They have Gobert, the defensive player of the year back there. And uh, Mike Conley is going to do really great things for Donovan Mitchell, I think. Uh, yes, I like on paper. I like a lot of what they put together. Um, I took the under, but just because I think they land right at like the 53 mark. Yeah, it's I the team we disagreed on all summer. 
Yeah, I still think they're, I mean, a good playoff team. I just have them at like six or seven in the West compared to like three or four in the West. That's my only thing. And yeah, I, I want to see what the backcourt looks like. I want to see defensively who's going to be guarding some of these guys when we bring up somebody like Houston and saying, hey, like Mitchell and Conley. The, Boom. There you go. The, the thing is, our Kawhi. No, I'm talking just, about wing you just players. Houston. Yeah, well, like wing players. The like, Clippers, I wanna, yeah. You got because, because and, like, yeah, yeah, because like Houston, PJ Tucker's taking on the Kawhis and all that stuff, but they don't have really the point guard defender. Utah has the point guard defenders, but they don't really have the like Joe Ingles coming off the bench. That I mean, with Jeff Green going to guard him, right? Um, even Bogdanovich looks like he's. I don't think he's the same defender that guarded LeBron a few years ago. So <laughs> and even then, <laughs> yeah, and even then. So that's I, I question what their wing defense looks like. I know you can kind of get away with a little bit when you have somebody like Gobert in the middle, but uh, I, I I like their depth. I like their team. I'm not like anti-Jazz this year. Uh, I'm just not all over them like some. And I just and I say under because it's at 53 and a half. I think they land at like 53. So. Fair, fair. That's right there on the under. Clippers, 48 wins last year, and their over-under this year is 52 and a half. Uh, <laughs> we're both taking the over on this, right? Uh, yeah, There's yeah. just no way I see them going 52. It's, all, it's only, what, a four-win difference? Right. Yeah, I, I think that they definitely got way better, and they kept their depth. That's that's the whole thing. The Paul George injury is interesting, though. Uh, I think that's why their, their over-under total is so low that they're not super – but even if you get 50 games of Paul George. Yeah, right, right. It's still going to, I mean. He's, you're still essentially upgrading from Tobias Harris to Kawhi. <laughs> exactly. And it's yeah, pretty good. So. Or Danilo Gallinari to Kawhi, depending. So, yeah, we're both going over. That's an easy one. The Nuggets. This is one where we actually differ a little bit, too, on our opinions. Uh, by the way, we didn't tell each other these before. No. Um, so we're just going with it. The Nuggets won 54 games last year. Their over-under is 53 and a half. And I know I've been saying all summer that they're going to regress, but I took the over. <laughs> yeah, but you probably don't have them going over by a ton on no, this. No, I think they're like a 54-55 win team. Yeah, I'd definitely take them the over. I think they're the only team in the West that pushes 60 wins this year. I think they're up there around the 58-59 mark. I have them as the best regular season, best record in the West. Uh, yeah, I've said my spiel on the continuity, Jokic leading the way. I, yeah, I think they'll be good in the regular season. The Golden State Warriors. Michael Porter Jr., oh, still yeah. the wild card for that. Like I he's looked decent in the preseason. Yeah. Remember, he's eligible for rookie of the year. He's the Ben Simmons case here. So Blake Griffin, all that stuff. So like when people are throwing out Zion and I said John John Morant, Michael Porter Jr.'s, you know, right there too. He can be considered for this. So I don't think he'll have the reps to do that. I don't. He'll he won't yeah. have the minutes. Teams that are Zion so and, deep right now. Yeah, and Ja have, but from what I've seen in the preseason, he looks pretty good so far, or decent. And if he is starting at some point for this team, then that they become scary because he's going to have yeah. to earn that spot. He's not just going to be given it like Markel Fultz last year, where the Sixers were like, "Let's just start Markel Fultz and see what happens." It's like, no, he's gonna, but if he's like if he's like pretty good, it. Their bench unit even gets I mean, it gets crazier because so, if you have so Jokic many options, and, so many wings, so many guards. Jokic and Paul Millsap probably you know starting in the yeah. front court, and then you're not even thinking about Jeremy Grant, 
who are they you know, traded for? Great. Porter Jr., Hernan Gomez. Still got Beasley and Torrey Craig, who played big minutes in the playoffs. And Monte, Monte Morris. Morris. Like, I mean, this is it's Jared, just Your guy, Jared moment. Vanderbilt? Jared Vanderbilt, as long as he stays healthy. Like, I, I think they're literally one of the deepest teams. Probably, in my opinion, the deepest team in the NBA. Yeah. The Los Angeles Lakers are next. They won 37 games last year. Their over-under is 49 and a half. Uh, it's hard for me to see them going under, even trying to think subjectively about this team. That's what, uh, 12 win difference from, they had 37 wins last yeah, year. And you're, so. and you're hopefully, you're, you're betting on at least now a full season of LeBron James. You didn't get that last year. Uh, and then Anthony Davis, obviously, instead of Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, and them. Josh Hart. Um, yeah, I, I said the I said barely over. You can't go barely. You got to just pick one or the other. Over. Well, yeah, I say over, but it's at 49 and a half. I think they land at the 50 to 52 mark. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one's easy too. Not as easy as the Clippers one, but I think that one is, is pretty easy. And I've been pretty outspoken that I, I'm a little bit lower on them. I If I was if I, I don't have them as a top four team in the West, then I, I'm probably going to look stupid with that. But um, – and these, t- and I got to stick to my guns on that. If I don't have a top four team, then I can't have them win in fifty five games. Yeah. If I don't have some of these other ones, so yeah, I think you know whatever. Yeah. So far, the only differences we've had is Rockets and Jazz, and then Clippers, Nuggets, and Lakers. We took the over on all of them, but I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the case because these teams are going to be in a tight race. I think that, that seating is really going to matter to teams, and I think they're going to play a lot of their guys. Like you can't just do load management for the sake of load management. You're going to have to play some of your guys. You know, more yeah, often so than you think. Last year, there were five 50-win teams in the West. Yeah. No no 60-win, but five 50-win teams. Do you say, here's one back at you, over under five and a half, over under four and a half 50-win teams in the West this year? I'm going to go over because I think all, four, all five of these teams we just talked about will win 50 games. I think Rockets, Jazz, Clippers, Nuggets, Lakers. Okay, over under five and a half. Uh... So then after that, you're talking about one of the Warriors, Blazers, Spurs, Mavericks. I'd go over because one of those teams is going to win 50 games. Okay. One of I, them. And, and last year, OKC won 49 games. So there was there were only one win away from yeah. six teams being 51 teams. So anyway. Okay. The Warriors, 57 wins last year. 47 and a half is their over-under. Man, so I, minus I, ten wins. I struggle with this one, but I'm taking the under. They just they have no depth, and that just makes me so nervous for them. I'm sticking my guns. I say over. I'm a big believer in the system. I think Steph's gonna have a monster year. Draymond and uh, D'Angelo Russell. That's and, just that's it though. That's the whole team. And then Looney and Willie Colley Stein and yeah, I, I think Looney's a pretty dang good player. Yeah, so. I like Looney. We we wanted to bring Looney to Dallas, but. I think well, I mean, I think when you have three, when you have an MVP candidate, you have sure. somebody like Draymond. Yeah, you have an All Star last year in D'Angelo Russell in the East. So true, but still an All Star. I mean, it's like that's a great three. value. It's like a great value All Star. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dollar um, store All Star. <laughs> I mean, that's still three really, really good players. Right. And then you add Looney. I mean, that's four players. It's not like it's just Steph, or it's not just Steph and Draymond. So I think. I get the supporting cast part to an extent, but I think it's getting overblown a little bit. Who else is on their team, Isaac? Oh, 
yeah, Glenn Robinson, all these dudes, Alfonso McKinney. Amari Spellman, uh, just, uh, both of their centers haven't played any games so far in the preseason, and Amari Spellman just tweaked his back. Who are they playing at center tonight? Okay, but let's <laughs> let's go look at the marvelous bench of the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, they're in the Eastern Conference. This is just it's a completely different conversation. Also, we haven't I know, done the but, Sixers yet. I know, but a lot of people have considered them like finals. Even though they're in the East, I get that for sure. But no, I feel like people ain't freaking out as much about the about Philly's depth. When, you know, when you have like the Warriors, because Philly has these guys, and like I don't. They have at least yeah. they have five players though. The Warriors okay. don't have five players. They have four. Yeah, like four and a half. If you put Looney in there, Looney and who I don't know who else. It's just it's really tough. Anyway, the Warriors are super hard, and, and I think Clay comes back like March. That's the that's the big wild card if he comes back. Yeah, I think they'll tread water. I think they'll stay around the six to nine spot in the uh, in the West, and then. Clay will come back around March and they'll go on a little run and finish like six or seven. Oh, I think they'll finish like fourth or fifth in the West. Yeah, there you go. All right, coming up, we're going to get to the rest <laughs> of the over-unders, the Blazers, Spurs, Mavericks, Pelicans, Kings, Timberwolves, Thunder, Suns, and Grizzlies. All right, Isaac. So the next one is the Portland Trail Blazers. They won 53 games last year. Their over-under is 45 and a half. I took the I took the over and like you I'm going to go a slight over um because their team really changed. I don't really like their team, but this team just finds ways to win games with Lillard and, and McCollum and they have weird depth. They don't have I don't I wouldn't say they have good depth. They have weird depth. <laughs> they have like Zach Collins off the bench and they have I think they have Anthony Tolliver now and they have uh they just have like weird guys coming off the bench, but at least they're decent players. Yeah, I took the over two. Um, yeah, I mean, last year they won. You said fifty three games. Yeah. Now they have them at forty five and a half. Uh, that's a decent amount of chunk to go down when they yeah. didn't lose. Uh, <clears throat> when they didn't lose Dame or CJ. Yeah, you're talking Nurkic out for a, for a decent amount of time. You replace him with Whiteside, and then you remove the two wings, or you replace the two wings of Farouk Aminu and Harkless with Kent Bazemore, and I guess more Rodney Hood. Like that's. That's the trade you're yeah. making. I don't think that's worth eight games. Yeah, they're, they've they've flipped some of their like role pieces a lot. I think they have some question marks in some key role pieces. I think Nasir Little's going to get some minutes. Yeah, hey, big still the draft. Simons is going to um, get some minutes too. Anthony Simons. That these are those are two young guys who those two, if like those two guys pop, then you're like, oh, what depth questions right, for exactly. Portland? What are we talking about right now? Uh, and then you don't know what you're getting with Rodney Hood, Kent Batesmore, solid wing, you know, and yeah. Zach Collins. We're all waiting for him to take the huge next step. And uh, yeah, I took the over on this one was easy for me. Yeah, that one, yeah, that one. Okay, the San Antonio Spurs won 48 games last year. Um, their over under is 45 and a half. This was hard because yeah, this one's hard. This is hard because. You just think it's, oh, Spurs, they're going to hit the over for sure. They're getting DeJounte Murray back. They have pretty much the same team as last year. They lost a little bit of depth, I guess, but they're also getting DeJounte Murray back, which is huge for them. But we also want the Mavericks to make the playoffs. <laughs> and we can't pick over on like all these teams and the Mavericks not make the playoffs uh, because of that. So I took the under for the Spurs. I took the under, too, just a slight under. I think they went like 44, 43, uh, somewhere through there, and – I don't know. I, I think it just at some point, yeah, 
I, don't, I can't. I'm not even gonna try to justify it. But yeah, it's hard to justify integrating all the all those guards, and then you know, Demar Derozan. Maybe this is where we see Lamarcus Aldridge try, like like start to decline. He was an All Star yeah. last year, but he's what is he 34, 35 now? I think they're. I just think they're kind of primed for a a rebuild. I'm. I think they're a team that's primed for a. If they get off to a slow start, they have the young pieces to where if they the if they look. Now. Yeah, if they looked at it and said, "Hey, we have Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker, like Pirtle, um, Bryn Forbes, like let's just let's hit the reset button now. Let's see what we can get for for DeRozan or Aldridge or both of them. I just think they're one of those teams that's prime for that. Yeah, the Dallas Mavericks last year, thirty three wins. Their over under is forty two and a half. Because I want them to make the playoffs, and I think they're going to. I'll take the over. Yeah, I'll take the over too. I've been sitting there. I've been saying all along, forty-three is my number. Um, so I think it might take a forty-three is what I really want them to hit. I think it might take them uh, take a little bit more to hit the playoffs. Maybe three to five more wins to get that spot. Yeah, yeah, that's what it would take. Uh, and we've talked. And to, I'm not going to expand on the Mavs because we talk about them every day. Every day. The Pelicans, thirty-three wins last year, just like the Mavs, and their over/under is thirty-nine. I think that's a. I think. Ah, uh, I don't know. I. I took the under on them. I just it might be a little too much too soon for them, and I think they they have a lot of questions that people aren't talking about. That surprised me. I thought you'd take the over because I took the under, um, slight under. I think they're at the thirty-eight. No. I think the I think they do what Sacramento did last year. Sacramento won thirty-nine games yeah. last year. They were frisky. They were fun, but they just didn't they didn't get to that next level. That's just what I think. Yeah, so, under. Yeah, I think that the the Brandon Ingram as the as a main scoring wing, I think is a problem for them. I think that uh, he's gonna want to get a lot of touches. He's not gonna have a ton of space with Zion. I think that Zion is gonna be able to score. I think that Zion's probably gonna win Rookie of the Year. I think that they'll have a good season. I don't think they'll have a season like the Kings did last year, though. As far as wins, because they they want thirty wins and that's or thirty nine wins and that's their their over under. Uh, the Kings though. 39 wins last year. Their over-under is 38 and a half. I'm taking the over because I, I think that they added some depth, and we've seen this team together. We've seen them do this. We've seen them play well, play fast. Uh, the big question mark for them is the coach, Luke Walton. They changed to Luke Walton, and we'll see if that really makes a, bi- a big difference. But they added some depth pieces, full season with Harrison Barnes with that starting five. Uh, the Buddy Heald thing could be weird, could be interesting. He had some uh, he had some tweets and some some likes today that were kind of uh, questionable, but uh, I think he'll stay on the roster for at least this season, and I think that Marvin Bagley will take his next step up, and hopefully get a full season from Harry Giles. And yeah, I'm, I'm taking the over. I took the over barely, just just barely. Okay, who who has a better record this year, Pelicans or Kings? I, I think the Kings will. I'll take Pelicans. Yeah, that that should have been put it on the board. There you go, put it on the board bet. Let's fly through these last ones. Timberwolves, 36 wins last year, 35 and a half. Uh, is there over under? Gosh, I have no idea. I'm taking the under, I guess. I just have no feel. Um, I have no feel for this team. <coughs> I don't either. I, I don't like this team at all around them. Um, I mean, Culver would be fun. I think Towns has a monster year, but I like, just I love like Towns, Covington, Akogi, and Culver. Like, I love those four guys. And then outside of that, I just don't like any of the rest of their players. They got rid of Tyus Jones. They still have Jeff Teague. Um, They're starting either 
they're starting like Jake Lehman at four or at three with Covington at four. Uh, Jordan Bell is another one they're considering starting. And then the other one is Noah Vonley. Like, it's just don't like that. And then the fit. Sure, with give me the over. <laughs> with 36 wins. Noah Vonley is what, what gave you the. So I did it, guys. <laughs> the Thunder. I actually like their coach. The Thunder, 49 wins last year. Obviously, a bunch of big moves. 32 is their over under. I went under because I think they're going to make a move. This one's the hardest to predict because, yeah, they're just setting on a gold mine of moves. Uh, to make and I, I took the under two. The other thing for them though is they have enough picks to make a move in the other way where they actually get better. That's true. If they kept their team intact, I think they're pushing for a playoff spot, and that might sound dumb, but I think Gallo's that good. I think Chris Paul could be motivated enough. SGA, I love him. Adams, St- Steven Adams, Terrence Ferguson. Like, who's the next team? <laughs> we haven't seen any Andre Roberson through the preseason though, and I don't think we will because I don't think he's playing tomorrow, but. Next team, it, you you took the over for them, or I took the under. I think they trade people. Suns, nineteen wins last year. Okay, tell me this. This is the one that makes the least amount of sense to me. I don't get this. nineteen wins last year. Twenty nine and a half is their over under. This team is getting ten wins better. Where is the Ricky ten? Rubio, baby. Where are the ten wins coming from? Tell me that. I R- Ricky Rubio and Dario Sarge. Uh, your boy, the coach. Monty. Monty Williams, I guess. Cam Johnson, Ty Jerome. Don't Ricky you be Rubio. discrediting these guys. Um, Bridges. Aiden I takes the next step. Like you could talk me into you could talk me maybe into eight wins, but Down ten eight, and a half. Four. You actually for the under, for the over, you're talking eleven wins. More. Like that's almost no, I'm taking I'm taking the under. I do think they win more games than they did last it's like year. Like eighty percent more, more wins. <laughs> But I'll take the slide under on that. Yeah. Um, and then the final one, the Grizzlies. 33 wins last year. Their over-under is 27 and a half. I'm taking the under. I mean, I think that that's the one of the easiest ones, too. Yeah. Give me the under on that one. Yeah. They're they're going to – they they're running with the, the rebuild. And I think that, you know, with John Moran as your point guard, he's going to be flashy. He's going to be good eventually. But he's not going to lead to a lot of wins right away like Dennis didn't. So – how which which young star player do we have more trade speculation about this year? Devin Booker or Carl Anthony Towns? Town, uh, I guess Towns. Towns just signed that huge deal. Booker, man, it really depends. The thing about Booker is, just, who wants that big contract for you know just a, a scorer? You know, like oh no, teams would line up for Devin Booker. You think? Oh, for sure, yeah. I just want to know if they if both of these teams have bottom falls out another bad season. It's like, will they be the next one that's like, be the look at Anthony Davis and be like, all right, it's my time. Yeah, Kentucky boys, I'm calling out. Like, let's do this. I'm out. Get me somewhere. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know who who would want to leave first. That really depends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoever wants to leave first, that's the line that's going to be the longest. It's the one, the one that actually wants out. And then Boston trades for like Towns or something. Ugh. Everybody gets pissed. Gosh. Gosh. The Thunder trade for Towns. <laughs> they have the assets for it. All right, there you go. Those are our over-unders for the Western Conference. We'll do the Eastern Conference at a different time. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.